You know what I haven't had in a few weeks? A cookie. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, I did not devour the whole thing, but I uh, did just finish. I didn't do it all at once, but I did just finish uh, my uh, vegan cookie from the Alternative Baking Company that I found in this little place called Cafe Soleil, which was just outside of Zion National Park in Springdale. And, you know, this is one of the things I enjoy about going into town, is that after being on the road for weeks and Usually, in my experience in the past, you know, passing through tiny towns that, that didn't have much, um, but in this case, you know, going through areas with no towns at all, um, and not even any water in some cases, um, you know, they were out there. And then, you know, you pass a couple of little towns, and you get, you know, these expensive convenience stores and tourist areas. There wasn't a whole lot in uh, the Bryce area, um, but here it seems to be a cool little town, Springdale. Um, and I heard that this place uh, was uh, vegan-friendly, so I went in there, and I had uh, this this morning I had their um, t- tofu veggie scramble. So I haven't had a tofu scramble in quite a while, so got that. That was that was not bad. Um, that was pretty good, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that, and then I got the cookie later, and um, I am now biking through Zion National Park and um, the Paris Trail, which runs right through my campground where I'm staying. And it's um, I actually haven't made it up to the Zion Canyon yet. I was on my way there, but I keep finding cool little places to pull over. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm standing next to this uh, rapidly fr- flowing stream right now, or the river. I think this is the maybe the Zion River. I don't know. Um, and lots of bikers going by. Um, people on rental bikes. There's a couple of bike shops in town that rent bikes. Uh, I don't know why they don't do that in Bryce. Um, there is a bike path there. Uh, maybe it's too hilly for a lot of them. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, I keep finding these great places to hang out and sit. And I was stretching earlier and try to, um, you know, I've, I've fallen out a, f- a few times during this tour. I've gone a few days without stretching properly, doing my you know, full 10 to 20 minutes of, of stretches and and you feel it, so you. I, mean, I don't want to. want to get hurt. Um, sometimes when I wake up in the tent, I, uh, you know, my back is, my lower back is really bothering me. Um, that was the case this morning. I, uh, you know, I slept fine. Didn't wake up at all. But you know, I woke up about six o'clock with, with the birds this morning, as I as I often do. Um, I haven't been doing that lately, but in my experience camping in the past, that's what I've been doing. And um, so I did that this morning, and my lower back was bothering me quite a lot, so I said, you know what, let me get up, uh, I'm going to stretch, I'm going to go out, and um, I knew the post office opened at 7.30, so I wanted to get my light sleep sack, and my shorts, and the uh, box of contact lenses that was in there, and uh, now I have the shorts, and the I am no longer wearing pants that uh, have a huge tear in them. Uh, I still have them at my campsite, and depending on what the weather is when I leave the campsite, either they will be tossed, or I will carry them along until I get to St. George as a backup. Um, but yeah, it's really beautiful here. I was thinking that I was just stopping to read here. Um, we're actually reading the uh, Bike Touring Survival Guide, which is written by a couple called The Traveling Two. And they are uh, Friedel and Andrew, and they uh, have done, you know, cycled for thousands of miles in all over the world. So, um, you know, and there's always good tips. I mean, I've done this for a while, but there's always good things to, to learn and interesting experiences and anecdotes in there. Um, 
one of the I, I was reading through the the book on, on my e-reader and um, first of all one thing I realized is that I really need to get an e-reader with a backlight um, I really don't like reading on a tablet or a phone um, aside from the fact that it drains the battery I also uh, don't like having that light um, especially right before you go to sleep you know one of the things about being on a bike tour and camping is that you're you're doing a more natural lifestyle you're responding to the, the light and the sounds and the moisture and the rain conditions and you're responding to everything as they as they happen and um, so you know like today I woke up with the, with the light and the birds and you know when it gets dark I go to sleep so that I don't really want to want that but I I do like to read before I go to sleep in the tent and if I if it's too dark um, then it's it's very difficult to read um, but also the main point I was about to make is that uh, I was reading the their chapter in the bike touring survival guide on uh, food and cooking and they have some pretty elaborate recipes but you can hear the uh, shuttle bus going by there's nothing but the river um, bicycles and shuttle buses which is really cool um, and they have some pretty elaborate recipes but uh, I don't typically don't like to cook that much when I'm on tour and I've been making very simple things you know I uh, I make my oatmeal I you know boil water for a lot of instant stuff and um, sometimes I'll make some you know package some other grains or, or vegetables but um, you know very especially going through rural places and you know where it can be difficult to get fresh fruit um, I see here that there's a farmer's market and I was very excited, but it's on Saturday. And today's Tuesday, so I'm going to be gone Thursday. So maybe there'll be one when I get to St. George uh, or Las Vegas. But uh, either, if not, then I really, I really want to get to California so I can get some fresh fruit. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. But I, but I realized that I, the next place I bike tour it needs to be somewhere where I can get access to fresh produce so that I can cook those things. Um, and the recipes in this book are pretty elaborate. I mean, they're, you know, they got on here, like, making making pancakes. And it's like, what do you, why are you carrying flour and baking soda, baking powder, and, you know, and, and, I mean, come on. Like, I get the idea of, like, using a banana for that. Like, that makes sense. But, like, you know, why are you carrying? And then a lot of the recipes, a lot of things that, that I hear from people are, you know, it's just not vegan. Um, you know, people seem to eat a lot of eggs, which seems a little silly, even, even uh, if it were not, uh, you know, taking somebody's... Um, somebody's uh, reproductive product I uh, it just seems weird it's like that have, would have the potential to uh, to crack and get all over your stuff I, I don't know why you would you would do that um, but obviously as, as I said I, I you know don't eat that for, for ethical reasons so um, I wouldn't wouldn't be dealing with that and, and you know and, and milk I mean you know, milk will spoil I don't even buy uh, soy milk or almond milk or um, although I I think if I could find I found in a few places so far, um, you know, 32 ounce, like a one liter container, and um, I think if I had a way to keep it cool, like I don't even buy that because it's it doesn't stay cool. But I think if I could find like the smaller packets that the you know cow's milk normally comes in, you know, like the single use packets. I mean, again, I hate disposable stuff, but if I could find something like that, I think I would be much more likely to use that. Um, or if I could have a place, I mean, I guess it won't go bad, so maybe I should just, maybe I should just start using it, um, start carrying a thing of, a uh, thing of soy milk or almond milk, and just using it to make uh, overnight oatmeal, which is the way you soak the oats and some dried fruit in a, in a container overnight, and no cooking required, 
Um, so I could use it for that. I could use it with, with granola, um, get some cereal. Um, I, I guess I just wouldn't go through it fast enough. I don't know. I'd never really done that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I need to I need to up my game with cooking. So I need to get a bigger pot, and I can use you know a wider pot with a proper handle. It's easier to to use. And um, right now I have a pot that has a handle, but it's very flimsy. So if I pick up the handle, sometimes the the uh, weight of the water just tips the pot, which obviously once you boil the water, that's no good. Um, so I actually have to use my napkin as a pot holder. So I uh, think it's time for an upgrade to the pot if I can find a, an affordable one. This camping stuff is so expensive. Um, but if I can do that, then uh, and I, but I even even just some basics like if I can get a can of beans and just cook it with some spinach, you know, or some um, you know some other other greens or. You know, if I could cook, uh, cook a little zucchini or, you know, things that, that don't necessarily take a lot, I might, maybe I can make a, uh, a spice mix from the bulk section at the co-op and just uh, carry that along with me. I think that would add some flavor to the meals. I don't really, I don't typically do that, but, um, but that I think maybe I should, I should do that because that'll, that'll add a little something on the road. Uh, so that's one of the things I need to, to work on for the next tour. And uh, another thing is, uh, I think I'm finally going to invest in some front panniers. I had a pair of panniers that I got pretty cheap, um, and then I sold for a similar price. Um, I got them, I think I got them at the REI garage sale. There was a problem with the attachment, the, the clip that clips onto your rack. Uh, it was a cheap plastic, and I think they had discontinued it. It was pretty lousy, and I put a lot of effort into fixing those things. And and then, I, you know, eventually, uh, but eventually got rid of them because I just, I just wasn't going to, Oh, I had I had a meltdown before my last the night before my last tour, which you can hear about if you go back to those podcasts in episode fifty. Um, where basically I could not fit the front rack. I've tried multiple front racks, and it was pretty last minute, and I couldn't make it work. And I went to the bike shop, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And my friend at the bike shop, bikes not bombs, was like, What do you need four bags for? And I was like, Well, I want to be able to carry extra food and water and stuff. And it's like. You know, and at that point, I was going through Maine and Vermont, so, you know, we're not talking about middle of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, and she was like, just take, just take, do what you've done before. Just take the two bags and strap your sleeping bag and pad and tent on top and, and, and be done. And so uh, that's what I did. <laughs> and it worked out just fine. Uh, but I got rid of those panniers at the time. And, um, but I think, I think I'm going to invest in some front panniers so that this way, and I need to fix my rear panniers because I've been having some serious zipper issues. Um, they were okay. I, I got the replacement fabric and zippers um, from the company, Arkell, which is a great company, makes great bags. These things are um, about seven years old now. And um, I got the replacement zippers, and I, was, I needed to find a place to have them sewn, and I tried that in Breckenridge, but the place was closed every time I went, and so I didn't get it done, and I thought it would be okay. Uh, but in the past week or so, I've been having problems. One of them, uh, it only stays closed if I bring the zipper all the way down to the to the end, which is you know one of the sides uh, on the bottom. So every time I want to get something out of it, I have to pull the zipper all the way around and try to make sure all the stuff doesn't fall out. And I actually wrap the strap around it so that it doesn't so it doesn't open, things don't fall out. And then the other one, just kind of, I have to put the zipper in the exact right place on the along the top side just so that it doesn't come open. But uh, I've been making these work, and uh, in the past I've used safety pins, but right now my safety pins are actually 
Um, well, actually, now they're free, but they were they were in use as uh, holding my my pants, <laughs> my torn pants. So uh, yeah, so I'm gonna get the front panniers. I think that'll give me a. Uh, so I gotta figure out a way to do that, but I think uh, it may be time to uh, upgrade to a different bike. I think this bike has served me well for many years, but uh, ultimately it is not built for for this kind of heavy load. And uh, my thought was that the frame would would give way before anything else. But I've had I've had issues with other components. But but I do think that the um, this is gonna you know it's gonna continue to be issues. And it's just if if I need to upgrade the bike in order to get a uh, a front rack, then I think that's what I'm gonna have to do. So I gotta seriously the next time I get to the big city, I gotta seriously figure out if I can if I can do that, make that upgrade, and then. Um, yeah, and then go with the front rack, with the front panniers, and then and the reason for that is it'll give me space to put my to put some better cooking gear and uh, some food. You know, if I if I can have, I've, I've always liked to have one of my panniers dedicated to food and water, and that's been very difficult this trip because you know carrying so much extra water and trying to distribute everything, and then I get the rain gear, and it's just it's just trying to. Yeah, and then I have the backpack on the back, so I got the tent in one of my panniers. So it's it's very difficult to try to, to to do that. And I think if I can go back to that, keep one bag just for food, and then I kind of roll into town and fill up that bag, it would be uh, nice and easy. So I'm looking into potential options for touring the West Coast in June or July, most likely July. I think June will be more of a a restful month for me, just for trying to find some work somewhere and kind of relax for a while. I might, um, it's, I'm a little uncertain as to whether anybody's going to hire me for a month. Um, and I'm, I'm done doing the, I'm done being dishonest about it. I'm, I'm no longer going to go into places and, you know, try to pretend like I'm going to stay there forever and then just quit after a month. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, because now that I, now that I'm marketable enough, I, I can work for shorter time periods, but um, I don't know if a month, a month might be too short. And one thing I'm thinking about doing, especially because I've been really big on getting access to fresh fruit, is uh, working on an organic farm, like a uh, woofing or uh, some other some other uh, resource to find that, that there are there are um, there's a network of organic farms that will you know you can work on. Basically, they provide you free room and board, and uh, sometimes they give you a little stipend too, but usually not. But you only work you work typically like three to five hours a day. For five days a week, um, so you get some, you get time off, and you also get, you know, and you're getting room and board, so you're, so you're able to just kind of relax for a little while, and uh, usually get access to produce. So that's a big, big uh, reason to do it. So we'll see what uh, what develops, but I just want to give you that update as I'm, uh, you know, riding here through Zion. I'm going to get back on my bike and I'm going to continue and go up the canyon. I understand that the canyon from the point where it's closed to cars, which is, I guess, Route 9, which is, um, I don't know, Shuttle Stop 3, I forget what it's called, um, from where that road starts up to the end, the Temple of Sinawava, is the ranger, I talked to the ranger, and he said it's only about 600 feet elevation in, 600, in, in uh, 6 miles, so that's really not too bad, so I should be able to just bike it the whole way, um, bike it out and back, and this way I'll get to see it, and that'll be nice, and then... I'll come back. Right now it's about 10.30 because I've wasted a lot of time 
um, as I was up and out at 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, but it's good. It's been a good morning. It's nice and cool. The sun was... It took the sun a long time to come over the mount, to come up over the, uh, the high um, canyon walls. So, uh, yeah, so it was a little chilly until it was like probably 50s, maybe, you know, 50, 55, until, um, I don't know, 9 o'clock or so, when the sun finally came up and over. Now it's starting to warm up, but it's uh, very comfortable right now. It's, it's warm enough that it's comfortable in the shade, and I'm sitting here and I'm really enjoying this. So, yeah, after I ride my bike up and back, I will go back to my campsite and get my backpack and take the hub on the shuttle bus and go up and do some hiking. Um, I said to the ranger, um, are there any, you know, I'm looking for a hike, because I was looking at the map at the, uh, and the description of the hikes in, in the guidebook that they give out, and, you know, there were a bunch of easy hikes, you know, the easy hikes were all like, you know, paved trails, like half a mile. And, you know, I, I couldn't really find any of the moderate ones were, you know, had some issues. Like one was a horse trail, one was closed, one, you know, there were a couple of other things. And so I said, no, I was like, I'm trying to find a hike that's uh, fun, that it's going to be, well, of course, <laughs> but it's, I'm going to get out there a little bit away from the crowds, but I don't want to be out in the wilderness hiking for eight hours. It's just not what I'm feeling today. And uh, he's like, well, we don't really have that kind of thing here. You know, a lot of the trails are paved just because there's so many people that it's better for the, for the environment, I guess, that the road is paved. So that's, that's interesting. Um, it's fairly crowded here, but so far I've been able to mostly steer clear of the, of the crowds. And, and because the shuttle system is so robust and um, well used and it's man- mandatory to go up the, that canyon road, it's, um, it's not... You know, you don't, you don't, you're not, I'm not inundated by cars like I was in, in some of the other places, Bryce, and, um, especially Canyonlands and Arches. And in Bryce Canyon, they, sh- they did have a shuttle system, but it was not mandatory to use it. So, you know, you, you could still drive your car on those roads. So there were, you know, parking lots were all full and cars everywhere. And uh, here it's just really nice for biking because, you know, all you have is a bus every 10 minutes or so. And, you know, the bus can go around you, no big deal. And, uh, it's nice and easy. So, well, they make a big deal of telling you when you come in in the park and when you camp. They make a big deal of telling you, you know, when there's a bus behind you, you know, pull over, stop, and put your foot down. Uh, I don't know that I really have to put my foot down. I think the professional driver can figure out how to go around. But uh, you know, we'll see. See how that goes. And I can share that the trail was very nice. I had a great ride, uh, car free. Uh, the buses were very weird. Apparently they have a policy that they are not allowed to pass a bicyclist unless they have uh, stopped and put their foot down. And uh, I got yelled at a few times and I tried pulling off and making circles in a driveway, but they still wouldn't go by. And they are. Then I went into the parking lot because why should I put my foot down? That was really bizarre. But in the end they made it happen and still better than dealing with cars. Um, had a great time in Zion and... Uh, then rode out to St. George and going to jump ahead a little here with my uh, the next episode is going to still be at Zion but I uh, rode out to St. George that was a tough ride it was almost 100 degrees that day and thought it was going to be all downhill but uh, it was not there was a lot of bad traffic uh, kind of big headwind I got a flat tire had to walk about a half mile to find shade so that I could fix it not in the sun um, that was a pretty tough ride, but I did make it to St. George, got on a bus to Las Vegas, spent a couple of days there, 
and uh, then moved on to LA and made my way up the California coast and finally saw places in Southern California that I had never seen and uh, as well as Northern California and made my way up towards Seattle for the summer. Got one more episode here from Zion. It's going to be right before I left Zion, uh, Ross joined me and we talked about how the tour went. You can see my recap episode of this tour. I recommend it. I think there were couple of challenges, dealing with hills, dealing with weather, uh, the non-solo aspect, uh, being isolated for so long without food and water. Uh, those are all challenges out there. But uh, and I guess if you were doing it solo, then loneliness would be a challenge too. Uh, but I had a great time. It's a good tour for somebody who wants to get out there and get away from car traffic. And uh, feel free to hit me up with any questions. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for the episode that I did with Ross, uh, which is the next one in line.